Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Delight. Delighted to be joined by our next guest, Taylor Kilgore. Taylor thirty, Taylor Kilgore 33 on social from Fox 31 and the host of Colorado Sports Night weeknights over on uh, KWGN Channel 2. Taylor, thanks for joining us. This is obviously a critical, critical game for the Denver Broncos. Sandy and I have spent some time this hour breaking down why uh, not only do you need a win, just because you need a win, but because the AFC tiebreakers are going to make things really complicated. They got a break last night when the Patriots knocked off mm-hmm. the Steelers. Now they have to find a way to win in L.A. Are you more of the thought process that the game against Houston, in which the Broncos were rather sloppy, were inconsistent, but were still in the mix, do you think that's the Broncos that is more like this team, or do you think the team that had won five straight before that is the one that they're trending to be? Which do you believe in? Which do you think will show up on the road on Sunday? I think I like to think that we're going to see that that team that won five straight. Just being in the locker room this week at practice, it was clear no one was was pleased with the effort in Houston, but at the same time, no one was panicked at all. I think they feel like they they shot themselves in the foot time and time again. And frankly, they were lucky to have a chance to win it in the end. That tells me that this team hasn't lost any confidence. They know what it took to win those five straight games. And I think that they were frustrated that they didn't bring that same effort Sunday in Houston, because let's face it, you win that game. You have a little breathing room right now. It's so to speak, you're feeling a lot, a lot better about things down the final five game stretch. So yeah, I do expect that team to show up. Um, I don't expect Russell Wilson to throw three interceptions. I surely don't expect that, especially because he had three on Sunday and walks out with seven total for the season. It hasn't been characteristic of him this year, and I don't expect him to have another game like that. The other thing, though, with Wilson that hasn't been characteristic are uh, average games with 200 yards passing. He's one of the few starting quarterbacks who stayed healthy this year and played Mm -hmm. in all the games who is not averaging 200 yards a game. Uh, He doesn't call the plays. Sean Payton does. And Sean Payton's philosophy has been just the opposite of let Russ cook. It's at best let Russ game manage and don't Mm -hmm. trust Russell Wilson when the game's on the line, uh, given the criticism made of uh, Wilson, uh, albeit indirectly, uh, after the game last week. Doesn't this have to be the kind of game against this defense that's given up 300-yard passing games to Tua, Cousins, Mahomes, Goff, Love, that you have to get Wilson moving and use the play-action passing game because, frankly, Denver's drop-back passing game stinks, and it has all Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. And the great irony is is when you're saying that – you know, Sean isn't isn't letting Russ cook. Well, Russ, where he is 
leading the NFL is in those fourth quarter comebacks and game winning drives. Like when the game is on the line, he has shown that he can handle it with the exception of last week that frankly, he made a play and we could debate that all day long. Um, what happened down with eight yards, eight yards to score. But um, yes, I think we actually debated it this week on Colorado sports night about could this weekend and, and the defense that the chargers present uh, be kind of a coming out party for the offense, have them, you know, actually rack up some yards, rack up some points to where we're not having to have those last minute heroics from Russ. Um, I, I, it feels like it could, um, it feels like this is a team that you could jump on early and you hope that, that, you know, that could kind of waterfall into a nice little win. Um, it, of course, it depends on what kind of Chargers team we we end up seeing, but we've used the term this week, Chargers going to Charger, quite a bit, and I think it's kind of a fun one for us because we know that this team has the tendencies to uh, shoot themselves in the foot as well. So hopefully they can do that and the Broncos can take care of the ball, take care of business. And, and I would love to see Russ put on some – some numbers and get some breathing room because obviously people are all over him for not having uh 200 plus averaging passing yards. Taylor, I think you bring up a really important part. It's something that the Broncos uh, have had success with when they win and not so much when they lose. And that is getting out to an early lead. And obviously against mm-hmm. the Texans, that did not happen. And they were playing catch up the, the rest yes. of the game. This offense has not shown itself to be explosive enough to be able to get in a kind of a shootout or a kind of game in which they need to chase touchdowns. On the bright side, mm-hmm. if they can get that lead, the Chargers offense has been a miss. They have two touchdowns in their final 10, uh, the most recent 10 quarters, despite the fact that the, the talent of Justin Herbert, yes. Keenan Allen is leading the league in receptions. So uh, they have had issues there as well. The other part of it feels like, you know, we talk about at times, uh, you know, the immovable uh, object and the irresistible force, whatever the opposite of that <laughs> is happening with the Chargers running game, which is abysmal. They only had 39 yards versus the Patriots versus the Patriots mm-hmm. and the Broncos giving up 150 on the ground feels like whichever team does a little bit better on the ground game has a decided advantage, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, back to one of your earlier points, it's funny because you look at the last game and if Russ connects with court on that first pass of the game, you know, it's like that you take away the Alex Singleton penalty. Maybe you are playing with the lead. Maybe you are, not having to play catch up. And it's just like the the margins are so slim for this team. And that's what they continue to talk about. And so you do hope that this weekend is the weekend that they can jump out and jump out quickly. And then, yes, it's great news that the Chargers are not a team that runs the ball well, because frankly, the Broncos have been a team that have struggled to stop the run this year or this season. So you hope that they don't regress and, you know, let the Chargers kind of take advantage thinking they can exploit that. Um, Keep them one dimensional. That's what we want them to do. And hopefully our defense can get after these guys too, because I think they're a little hungry as well without having, being so close to converting a few different uh, turnovers last game that didn't quite pan out. Khalil Mack is leading the league in sacks. Mm-hmm. Tyron Smith couldn't block him. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, he's the number one tackle in football. Christian Darisau of Minnesota is the number two tackle in football. He couldn't block Khalil Mack. Uh, Colton Miller, who's the number five tackle in the NFL with the Raiders, couldn't block Khalil Mack. And Taylor Decker uh, is number eight. And 
He plays for Detroit, and he couldn't block him either. How is Garrett Bowles going to block Khalil Mack? Oh, you just hope that this is a game where Garrett locks into the challenge and, and well, he did against Miles Garrett. Takes mm-hmm. over. He certainly did. And after the game, he told us in the locker room, he said, I know that when I do my job, this team can go wherever they want to go. And I think he takes that personally. You wonder if this is a game that, that just like Miles Garrett, he takes it so personally. He's thinking about it every second, and he goes out and gets it done. That would be the best thing you can because you take him out, then, then you're feeling really good about the offense's chances um, to put up some points. So I, I think it's going to have to be a Bulls, you know, big-time week like we saw against Miles Garrett. I hope that it could be the same. Obviously, it's going to be a little harder on the road. Um, those kind of situations are always easier at home when you can really communicate and hear your teammates and everything. But who are we kidding? SoFi's practicing. SoFi's yeah, not loud. For the Broncos. No, SoFi's yeah. not loud. Yeah, we'll call it neutral being, uh, Yeah, it does feel pretty neutral when you're talking about the fan base. Uh, <laughs> Bronco fans will make more noise. Uh, quite it may possibly. not be more numerous, but they'll make more noise. We're talking with Taylor Kilgore of Fox 31, and, and I guess he, he would be the flip side of that. What if they can't stop Khalil Mack? Yeah. What if neither Garrett Bowles nor Mike McGlinchey can do anything about it and Khalil Mack does what he's generally done to the Broncos, no matter who's been on their line, yeah. and terrorizes the quarterback? How can the Broncos adapt and find a way to stop Mack from completely wrecking their plans? Yeah, it's a great question. I think you got to let Russ do what he does. Get him moving. Get him moving and making plays. I don't know. I, I think when you're being hunted by a guy like Khalil Mack, there's very little room for much. So um, let's hope that, that the boys up front really show up this week because last week it felt like a little bit of a re- regression for that line. But, man, they have been on such a nice trajectory this season, just coming together with so many places. So you hope that that was the exception and they get back to business this week. I think this is the model that the Athletics showed. And, again, the Broncos are playing in one of those games where uh, when you you at least survive uh, for another week, and if you lose, it's basically over. And that's true with both teams. And it was kind of yeah. true last week. Uh, not quite as true as it is this week. But this week, uh, the model I looked at from the Athletic had the Broncos with a win having a 27% chance to make the playoffs, which is better than one in four. And who would have thought that when the Broncos were one in five that they'd have uh, when they had about a three percent chance? Right, yeah. right. That's nine times as great a chance as they had uh, two months ago. If they lose, though, it's six percent that they make the playoffs. Yeah. Now with the Chargers, if they win, twenty percent chance to make the playoffs. If they lose, three percent chance to make the playoffs. So you know whatever the atmosphere is around them, both teams know that this is their season. And mm-hmm. one of the coaches is not coaching for his job. We know who that is. Yeah. One of the coaches is coaching for his job, regardless of whether he admits that publicly or not. And that would be yeah. Brandon Staley. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's no question. There's a lot on the line this week. And, and again, the players, you know, we, we debated, is this a must win? Is it not? You know, we love to talk about the percentages, the chances and all of it. It's, it's so fun to dig at the numbers, but I think for the players, it's like flat out, we have to win 
I think for them, not even just for the numbers, but for the fact that they lost last week. They don't want to lose two in a row. They know they have to take advantage of the opportunity, which is a Chargers team that, you know, put up six points last week and has been it's been very outward facing the struggles they've had with Staley and you know, he's definitely coaching with his back against the wall. So you want to pounce on a guy like that and a team like that and you just hope they don't give uh Justin Herbert the chance to to just go off or make something crazy happen. If you can contain him, keep him one dimensional and you then you're feeling good about things. But I think there's no question that both teams feel like, Yeah, we have to win this game. And and I feel like the Broncos are more equipped to do it. Taylor, for, for the Broncos, Sean Payton called out Jerry Judy in a good way and pointed out that Jerry mm-hmm. Judy had been open and maybe could have even been open for the touchdown. Uh, Russell Wilson, of course, doesn't tear down <laughs> anybody in public, pointed out that Jerry Judy gets open all the time. How important yeah. is it in this game, given the pass rushes that we talked about, that Jerry Judy is open at the right time and that he and Russell Wilson yeah. find a way to get on the same page, which they were able to do at the end of last season and haven't been able yeah. to get on it. Can, can they win this game, quite frankly, on the road if Russell Wilson and Jerry Judy can't get in sync? I think they can if if him and Court are back, are back going. You know, Court and Sutton's been such a dynamic guy in the red zone. I mean, he's been so impressive. And a guy that goes up and gets it, and you just wish that he had that chance last week. Um, but yes, I think the thing about Jerry Judy this week though is so fascinating. It was not long ago where it seemed like the writing was on the wall, and his time in a Broncos jersey was coming to an end. It seemed like he was ready for it. He was, you know, there was a lot of drama, a lot of motion. Uh, there was a lot of a lot of stuff going on, extracurriculars, if you will. This week. You know, yes, he was frustrated, but the way he addressed it, I was so impressed with. I think we've definitely seen um, a mature maturity response as far as how he's grown this season. And so I think he's just a guy that wants to help. And frankly, I think him and Russ had something. It's been proven. They got it going at the end of last year. It's bound to get going again. And hopefully this is the week because I think a happy Jerry Judy only helps the Broncos when he is balling and when he's making a difference. Um, gosh, it's a luxury to have him out there, and especially when him and Russ are really connecting. So it, 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 I hope it does happen. Does it have to for them to win? I don't think so. I mean, they found ways to win where he hasn't been a huge factor. But, um, man, it is a luxury when, when those two get it going. It, it does seem odd, though, that of the two, uh, Judy was – apparently more involved and certainly more productive when the Broncos are going one and five. Now that they're going yeah. five and one, it's been the uh, Russell Wilson to Cortland Sutton show. Yeah. And there's really nothing else in the passing game other than those okay. two. And yeah. it was proven last week when they had a, basically a guy they picked off a scrap heap in the game on that <laughs> critical last offensive play, and he was part yeah. of the progression in Kroll. Yeah. It, it does, it, it, it's frustrating. I agree with you that Judy is matured and that he doesn't air his grievances in public, but you know <laughs> what? The truth is he was more productive when he was airing his grievances in public than he's been this year as a mature, team-oriented guy. 
we we all had him catching 80 or 85 passes this year before yeah. the season began. He's not even halfway to that. He's got 40 yeah. in 12 games. That's not even three and a half catches a game. Yeah. Well, and frankly, to that, I would say the team's winning and, and good on Judy for, you know, obviously he wants to be involved. He wants to be a part of it. He wants to help. He knows he can. Um, but the team's winning, so it's easy to – to be really down when you're one in five going, I can help. But if, if the model is working and you're just not quite contributing the way you want to, I think you do what he said he's going to do. There's a lot of game left. You got to, you got to get back in and finish the game. And I think you could, you could use that as a metaphor for the season. You know, like I think he believes and Russ has talked about Judy and how, how how big he is in the film room and like how much he trusts him and and how much he says no one gets open like Judy. There's not a there's not a trust issue there. There's not a there's no, you know, conspiracy of why he's not getting involved, in my opinion. I think it's just a matter of, you know, the progressions and not seeing him and hopefully um hopefully that changes soon because Man, when he is a threat, and then you got Court on the other side who's just had a bounce back year that we all hoped he would, um, it, maybe that passing game can really, really finally get going. Well, it's even more important without a reliable tight end to make catches in the offensive playbook as well. She is Taylor Kilgore. Make sure you 100%. give her a follow at Taylor Kilgore33, catcher of Fox 31, of course, and then the host of Colorado Sports Night every weeknight at 11 p.m. For those who I want to confirm that, yes, I have a face for radio. I'll be on uh, tonight, so an opportunity to talk again. Yes, can't wait to keep the conversation going. Uh, Week 14, gentlemen, we're getting down to it. Always love chatting. Thanks, Taylor. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. You know, I am looking at the receiving numbers, and they are astonishing uh, to me. Uh, Sutton's picked it up, but still at 50 catches for 637 yards, 12.7 yards per catch. Not all that impressive. But nine touchdowns is, as uh, we mentioned yes. earlier. Yes, it is. Guess who the only other Bronco receiver might be who has more than two? I do, I do know that. You obviously Brandon Johnson. That's who by the way, a guy is, who who's by the way has eight, eight catches passes this year. Eight catches three on the for year. touchdowns. And a long gain of fifty, which beats Sutton's long game, Judy's long gain. Everybody's long game, save for Mims, who has caught all of 16 passes, only one of those going for a touchdown. Jerry Judy has one touchdown reception this year. Cortland Sutton has nine. That's um, that's it. I'd, I'd love to get to the bottom of this, but you've got Mr. Sunshine on one hand who says a guy is uh, open all the time, targeting maybe five times a game, connects with maybe three times a game. Is open all the time, um, so you're not going to get anything out of him. Uh, Judy has been coached, I think, by those who have his best interests in mind to uh, get off social media and stop complaining about how you aren't involved in the offense, which admirably, I think, he has done this year. But it's stunning to me that a receiver of his talent and pedigree 
has one touchdown reception in 12 games. Broncos aren't it's exactly inexplicable. Yeah, it, it really is is on a, strange. On a team with 21 touchdown passes. Right. I, I mean, come on. But nine of the 21 have gone to Sutton. Right. And that's a, and that's, three have gone to Johnson. To Sutton's credit as well, for sure. Well, we'll get back to the Broncos in a bit, but we're going to talk about, well, wait, wait. We were going to talk about one of the local pro teams that was coming off a win, but there isn't one. We have to talk about the Denver Nuggets. Can they bounce back against the Houston Rockets? We'll talk about it next on Miley Sports. Try to hurt me with the word goodbye. Though it took some time to survive you. I'm this is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar. On Mile High Sports. But imagine that you've you've maybe played out this moment, visualized this moment a couple times. What do you think it's actually going to be like? Uh, I'm not sure now. Uh, when I visualized it a week ago, maybe a tear or two. Now I think it's just you know the happiness and the joy of uh, reflecting on you know what was accomplished when I was here. Uh, but it's still going to be a, a great moment. That from our friends at LTTV, TV, Katie Wingy talking to Uncle Jeff Green. Uncle Jeff. Who the Denver Nuggets have, get not, his ring tonight. have not forgotten about. And yes, he will get his ring this evening. Uh, the question is, will his Houston Rockets continue to be a oddly reliable foil in this early part of the season for the Denver Nuggets, who will be playing, and I'm not joking, they, they will at now be playing Again, it's just it's crazy, Sandy. How many times these teams have played each other? It's well, bonkers. Yeah, and they are finishing their the season home team series has won easily every time. Yeah, this is the fourth matchup between the the Rockets and the Nuggets. Wow, will... that's because both teams didn't qualify for that silly tournament. What? What do you mean silly tournament? I mean the finals tonight. It's um. Uh, if this is such a big deal, some, some, why did the Milwaukee Bucks lie down like dogs against Indiana? The, I guess the, it wasn't a big deal. The Bucks, the Bucks. Uh, did, okay, you know the Knicks gave up who's, 146 uh, the other night. His Pacers, Lakers. Oh, thanks, Danny Bay. Pacers, 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 Lakers. Okay, so you know, I I guess to the Pacers would be a big deal. Are, are you really? I know LeBron, who is a most of the time pretty good spokesman for the NBA, said. The other night, I thought it was a smart way to put it. Hey, it's competition. And anything that involves uh, some significance of winning as opposed to losing, you know, I'm I mean, up yeah, for, if you're it's gonna, fine. You're going to roll the ball and, and out. So he managed well to, to find a way to say it's more than nothing. But, you know, listen, it, 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 I'm not going to pretend that it's it, you're really winning but Something. It's just competition. It's the only trophy and, the Lakers are going to get. You know, this year, I mean, so if I'm the Lakers, well go for it. if I'm the Lakers, first of all, the game doesn't count. Well, you're right. It doesn't and, and count. That's, and that's what's interesting. It this championship count. game does not count. Of course not. Because you can't count it. Because you can't. It's not part of the schedule. It's an 83rd game. So it's particularly meaningless. So Next weird. to the almost completely meaningless nature. Of the previous games. Boston's not in it. Milwaukee's not in it. Orlando's not in it. Philadelphia's not in it. Minnesota's not in it. Oklahoma City's not in it. Denver's not in it. Dallas, Sacramento, Phoenix aren't in it. 
who cares? And especially the two teams and, that are in it. Actually, Maybe for Indiana be a nice Sandy, thing because we it's the only championship in we were wrong of any kind. You ready for this sort of uh ready for this sort of craziness? We were wrong. This game does count. Two teams will, the Lakers and Pacers will play 83 regular season games. Enjoy that win percentage tweak. Potentially. Okay. It's not totally meaningless then. Not totally it's not an exhibition. But they, see, that's just dumb. I mean, and I know they're doing it for marketing reasons, but I guarantee you. Just make it work out so everyone plays 82. look at it. And, and players say nice things about it because they're supposed to. And I'm sure they've been told to. Don't knock it. I mean, Pacers fans Don't might knock care. it. And right? by, by the way, uh, I'm, I'm reading this a lot, so it's a coaching point, and I'm not put forward by coaches. I'm saying it's something players have been told to say. Staff members will get oh, a I'm nice sure. bonus. Right. That's what they've been told to say. It would sound silly, ludicrous to say, oh, we make an extra few thousand dollars. That would sound, of course, ridiculous. So they're not told to say that. They're told to say it'll mean a few thousand dollars for staffers who don't make a lot of money. It'll help them. Oh, okay. I think I can humble myself and say that. And if you're LeBron, who's a particularly graceful speaker, especially in post-game situations, you'll say that's competition. And anything that counts is fine with me. And you just made the point. I didn't know this. I just thought it was an 83rd game that they were playing for an orange slice or two. No, because it bucks. So, I mean, there's a .001 change at the end of the year. But look, for the Pacers, for the Pacers, the majority of their team. So the Lakers and the Pacers play three times this year. Yes. For the the Lakers and the Pacers. on their roster, eight players make $6 million or less. So were they to win, that means that they would get somewhere between a 25% and 5% bonus. Now, yeah, I mean, right. if I was just doing my job and, and said, but if you happen to do your job particularly well this Thursday, we'll give you a bonus of split the difference 15 percent oh i care i get it yeah now but but for guys making tens of millions but the guy who makes the most money on the pacers one uh bruce brown the highest paid player of the indiana pacers now he makes 22 million half a million is uh, that's nice but that's uh I don't know Christmas gifts for family. Yeah, I, I, I I don't know what you yeah. do with it. I lo- I'm still Indiana not, is the only. Team I'm still not opposed to the thing. I just don't care. The only team that cares is Indiana. Correct, and it's and you know barely what? a and playoff it's, team, and it's looked like it. It's, it's so, and it's looked like it. So they get excited. No one, and I mean no one, has played with any particular passion. That's not to say there haven't been good games. There. Well, the regular season games. They're games always at good. least every night that are really, really good. I watch a lot of NBA basketball, including bad games, that I probably watch more often than I should. I I'm, I know good from bad, and it, 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 it's not any different than a normal night in the league with a normal schedule that the ratio of good games to bad games or mediocre games is about the same, but there's no team that has shown a particular fervor 
least of all the Nuggets and the Celtics, who are the two best teams in the sport right now, hands down. Yeah, they didn't care. Uh, The better you are, the less you care. And, you know, to the Lakers and and maybe even to the Pacers, uh, listen, the Lakers are 14-9. and And that's, you know, they played about the same number of road games and home games. Okay, that's fine. Indiana's 12 and 8, but they're 12 and 8 because they played 12 out of 20 at home. Right. <laughs> I mean, so, uh, I, I mean, let me play they, devil's they, advocate. They, they, Indiana, Adam Indiana in the East is Cleveland. Right. Indiana in the East is Atlanta. Indiana in the East is Brooklyn. Okay. So that type of team is really trying. The Lakers in the West. Apart from Minnesota, Oklahoma City, and Denver, they're doing as well as anybody. But they let, don't let me need play devil's this. advocate Indiana here. I get, it. Might. I get it. But let, here, let me try this because the idea of Adam Silver wanted to bring this because it, yeah, it was intrigued by the in-season tournaments that happen in European soccer. He's kind of getting it because what those are in a lot of cases, what this tournament has basically immediately become, and not surprisingly so. Are you one of those teams that isn't going to win the championship, but you think you're kind of up and coming? Then this is sort of your, this is sort of your statement to that. And and I think the at a certain point, teams haven't taken it seriously either. Orlando and Oklahoma City, they didn't care. They, well, play, they didn't play. I mean, they didn't play that. Aren't, no, they, that's it, the truth. One's fourteen and seven. The other's thirteen and but seven. Doesn't mean and they didn't always care. Win. But that, no, but they don't, they're losing to teams that aren't even close. I don't know. I don't, think, I don't think it hurts they anything. They don't care. I don't think it hurts they're anything. They're not going to sacrifice uh, and, and play Shea Gilgis-Alexander uh, or uh, Wagner 45 minutes to get a win in a stupid in-season tournament game. Nobody serious, and I mean teams, no serious team takes this tournament I agree. seriously. I agree. Period. And I think, Period. quite frankly, Period. having it happen at this point in December, that's actually kind of the design. You're talk- we're talking about it a little bit and otherwise, you know, bland part of the regular season. I guarantee you the ratings haven't been any different and it won't well, be for the championship The semifinal was played yesterday afternoon, so I guarantee you the ratings weren't well, all they, that they, good. Well, no, but the final game is not played in the morning or early afternoon. No, Army Navy. Army Navy will have oh, ten times the number of that course the it will. championship of the in-season tournament Oh, game. naturally. Of course. But, I mean, come on. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't, I don't, see what it, I don't see what it's hurting, I guess. I it does, but it doesn't help. It's the old, well, we haven't done anything wrong. Well, yeah, we haven't done anything right either. Well, that's, I, a li- that's a loser. <laughs> I love Adam Silver. And I don't mind trying stuff, but if you're going to try stuff, how about convincing the owners that a 68-game schedule, not an 82-83-game schedule, that makes sense. Get rid sense. of load management and get the stars playing every night. That would be the way to By go. By the way, but, um, they can do all they want with load management. It, it's that, the only surprising thing, and it's been a first for the L.A. Clippers, is they've gotten however many games they played. Uh, what is it, 20, right? Mm-hmm. Leonard and George have played in all 20 games. Never happened before with the Clippers that Leonard and George have played in 20 straight 
So you're telling yeah. me the Nuggets tonight are not going to care about revenge for the team that knocked them out of the tournament? <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, here's my analysis of the game. The Rockets have not won a road game. Right. The Nuggets have not lost a home game. Yeah. The Nuggets are favored by eight and a half points. To a team they've lost to two times yeah. out of three. Yeah. That tells you all you need. It kind of does. Well, you know, while we bring up those numbers, refer a friend and earn a $50 bonus this season with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in sports wagering, and you don't want to miss the refer a friend bonus. All you need to do is get the Superbook app, click on the refer a friend link under your profile, share the promo code with your friends, and you get a $50 bonus. Not just $50 bonus, but one for everybody who registers using your code. So win money wagering and win money referring this season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We will take a look at the Denver Broncos. It, it's, it's win or go home, folks. Dance around it all you want. It's win or go home. Uh, they are on the road against the Chargers. We're going to tell you what we think is going to happen. We'll tell you next on Miley Sports. Let me go off. Don't rush. Take your time with it. Pull up Lamborghini with a diamond. She say I'm a super pretty. Sandy Cuff and Chandro Tar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. This is really it for the Denver Broncos. If you want to the Denver Broncos to make a playoff run, if you would like to see them in the postseason, it's very simple. You have to win this game because, Sandy, you've broken it down before. Even though things went your way last night, some things may go your way this weekend if you're sure. the Broncos. Sure. The AFC tie-breaking situation is fraught. It is complicated. It is complex. <laughs> and the Broncos are mostly on the wrong side of it. And were they to lose to the Chargers, they'll definitely be on the wrong side of it and would raise the specter of even if they somehow, after a five-game winning streak, then losing two, ripped off four more wins, would stand a chance of being out of the playoffs with a 10-win season. That's how yeah. precarious the tiebreaker situation is. Yeah. The Broncos, and that, you know, even the likelihood of all of a sudden, yeah, you win five, lose two, and then you're going to finish the season with four straight wins. I can tell you how often that happens on the back of my hand. But the mathematics simply don't work. I mean, this is it. Yeah, it is. And this is not a major consideration, of course, but... They're actually, if the Broncos lose this game, there's a pretty good chance they'll be in last place on Monday morning again, just as they were when they started one and five. So, having gone five and two at that point, basically didn't gain anything. They were in last place before going five and two. They're in last place after going five and two. Um, you heard the percentages, uh, five six percent. If they lose the game, the Chargers about half that. If the Chargers lose the game, 3%. I don't think either team is going to make the playoffs, regardless of the result. But for these two teams, it makes a difference. And this has been a classic matter. When you go back and forth, you probably have done the same thing this week, and many of our listeners have. Uh, you say, well, here's what I like about the Broncos. Here's what I don't like with respect to this matchup. And we talked earlier in the hour about some of those things, some of those matchups and you know, the way the Chargers use Herbert and the 
much more aggressive way than the Broncos use Wilson and so on. Wilson has thrown touchdown passes in 16 straight games. That obviously goes back to last year, and Jerry Judy had something to do with that. Of course, as we pointed out, Jerry Judy has caught one touchdown pass this year in 11 games. Now, yes, he missed a game earlier in the season, but week in and week out, Cortland Sutton is playing between 80 and 90% of the snaps. Jerry Judy is playing between 60 and maybe 71, 72% of the snaps. Mm -hmm. That seems weird to me, but in the context of the last six games, not so weird because Sutton's been the much more productive of the two. Uh, The key matchup, I think, apart from Bowles and Mack, is Keenan Allen, who's more than half the time lined up as a slot receiver this year, Mm -hmm. 102 catches, going against the Broncos' slot corner. Who's Jaquan McMillan? Key matchup. McMillan's had two picks this year. He's played well. He has not played against a better uh, receiver than Keenan. No, Allen. that's the problem. You mentioned that. I'm like, yeah, McMillan's been one of the pleasant surprises on the team, sort of out of nowhere, but you're not facing a regular pro bowler, league's leading receiver type <laughs> of guy. And also uh, the primary target of one of the better quarterbacks in the league. That's a concern. So much of a concern uh, that uh, you suspect there'll be some doubling there because uh, here's the funny thing. Their offense, it is not a stretch to say that there is Herbert to Allen and everything else is an afterthought. No team runs the ball at a lower percentage rate, only 39% of the time. Well, there's a good the reason for that. They don't at. run it very well. Right. But I mean, you, <laughs> their best yards per carry guy is Herbert himself. You know 4. they're going to pass. You know they're going to send most of those passes down. You know that's what's coming. That's the only thing that's working for them right now. So if you're the Broncos, if this that's was, as good as if this that's was, how good Herbert now is. Yes. If this right? was two weeks ago, I'd be thinking, wow, the Broncos are in great shape. But yeah. here's the problem. Tank Dell left last week's game with a season-ending injury. Nico Collins was already having a day, and everyone understood the offense for and he the, continued to have the a offense day. for the Texans was Stroud to Hollins. That's it. Everybody knew it. Yep. And the Broncos could do nothing yeah. to stop it. And that's where I look at it, and I'm concerned. Now, Collins wasn't playing out of the slot. Because if he's playing out a slot, there are ways that Justin Simmons can kind of shade up, that there yep. are ways where well, that's you can do what a little do bit more. One, I suspect. But I am concerned because we saw Collins, when virtually everyone in the building could tell you what the play was going to be, Every still just throw. torched the Broncos yeah. deep with regularity. I mean, nine for 191? That, that's as Collins, good a game as... Anyone has played against the Broncos as a wide receiver. It's the best receiver. It's the best that it's the most production by a receiver since 1994 against the Broncos. And that was Stephon Page, right? Uh, Torrance Small, actually, of the uh, of the New York New Orleans Saints at the time, along with James Lofton, who had the same numbers uh, a little bit before. But I mean, Lofton's Hall of Famer. But yeah, Torrance Small. Who's not a Hall of career style is Nico Collins at this point with no insult to Collins. But I just, I look at it and I'm concerned that we saw something that might be exploited once again, because the Broncos sat around in zone because they weren't that concerned about the Texans running game either. If you sit around in zone, if Nico Collins picked you apart, Keenan Allen will have a field day. 
He's yeah. a better route runner. He's oh, a better yeah. receiver. No He's a bigger body no. who knows how to use it. He's got better hands. Yeah. Uh, Nico Collins is a good receiver. I'm not knocking him at all. He's not better than Keenan oh, Allen no. in any not. facet uh, of, of his game. Not. Of course not. It, it's it's a weird matchup because the two teams are flawed in some very obvious ways. And you can do the same thing with the Chargers as you do with the Broncos. You can find negatives and positives in equal proportion. So to me, it comes down to a pick game, and I understand the Broncos haven't won in SoFi ever. And some of their least pleasant memories, not necessarily against the Chargers, have come in SoFi. Christmas Day, mm-hmm. 2022, right. for example. Fortunately, right. not against so the, the Chargers, Broncos but... don't have a history yeah, I mean, of doing they, anything they, very well in SoFi. Well, they've never won, but, so there's uh, that. Right. Yeah. But. But they have played the Chargers well. Um, it, when the Chargers are in the soccer stadium, uh, they actually had a lot of success against them. Herbert has not had great games against Denver. There have been at times extenuating circumstances. Uh, the game in Los Angeles last year uh, was played fairly early in the season, I believe in October. And... He had just suffered, Herbert had, a rib cartilage injury and couldn't throw, really couldn't throw the ball downfield at all. And the Chargers still won the game 22-19. And overtime came back to win it. Herbert was great when he had to be, uh, even being handicapped by that rib cartilage injury. This year, the time to play the Chargers, probably a month ago, let's say, when that dislocated finger on his non-throwing hand right. was still bothering him. It was bothering him. You could tell. He is either, I, I think it's a combination of both, the finger is feeling better a month later, and he has found a way to play through it. And for what it's worth, their defense for the last two or three weeks has come on. And Mac, who is the best streak soccer of the last decade, in the NFL. We remember the five-sack game he had in 2015. Half of his 12 against, against the Broncos, the Broncos in his career, yeah. Against uh, uh, the Broncos in a Super Bowl, Super Bowl year, year for Denver. Super Bowl championship year for Denver in 2015. And he took Michael Schofield, ground him down, and spit him out to the point where it took Schofield a month to regain any semblance of confidence. After that game, it wasn't until the playoffs. Fortunately, the Broncos didn't have to play in a wild card round. They rebuilt his confidence so he was competent in the postseason at right tackle. But Khalil Mack destroyed him that day with five sacks. And it, the Broncos lost that game to a vastly inferior team. So uh, we saw him earlier this year uh, with six sacks in a game. <laughs> and he's got 15, and he leads the league, and he's up there in pressure rate. Uh, he's he's tied his career and high. He plays the run. He isn't just a guy who's looking to get upfield and get to the quarterback. He plays the run. They don't because of his age. He's 32. They don't use him much in coverage, but especially without Joey Bosa, it you know they've got one or two other guys who can rush the passer. But he's the real. And, he, and he's also got a major career benchmark that he could get in this game. He has 99 and a half yeah. career sacks. Right. Uh, I suspect he'll hit the 100 mark I do too. on Sunday. But if it's half a sack, you can live with it. If it's two or three or more, you can't live with that. 
because he'll probably have enough to wreck the game. This Having after- said all that, I like the Broncos to win this game. This afternoon, Samaje Pirine added to the injury list. Ooh, now, that's not uh, good. I didn't know that. Can I change my pick? Yes, you can. No, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not he did not practice today uh, with a knee injury. He practiced all week. Did not practice today with a knee injury and is now listed as questionable. His blitz pickup is critical. Not that the Broncos used him for some reason against the Texans. They did not. I did not understand. Uh, that. Which you know we'll find out what that means. Uh, I would love love to have the confidence you have. But to me, this very much feels like a game the Denver Broncos will disappoint in. And and I'd love to be proven wrong. I just don't think the offense is in sync. I think the quarterback and the coach simply do not see eye to eye. I think this far into the season, when you can't get your last drive communication and your plays right That's in bad. the final two You're minutes right. of the bad. red zone, I have no faith in this offense's ability to consistently generate points, even though the Chargers' defense is bad. Uh, It's just that simple. I think Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert are the two best offensive players on the field, and I don't think it's particularly close. And I think that Khalil Mack is the best defensive player on the field, and I don't know how close that is either. Given that... and uh, In terms of impact. Yes. In terms of impact. Impact. Uh, And given that on the road, I... I don't think the Broncos oh. are going to win this game, and I have a bad feeling they may lose it by 10 And the Broncos points. are field goal underdog. They are 6-13-1 against the spread in their past 20 road games. They have not been a road team for two and a half years. Uh, it, it's capable of doing much of anything. I, that's it. That's against the spread. That doesn't mean they won the game. 6-13-1. That doesn't mean they won the six games. It just means they covered the spread. Well, they're always underdogs on the road. On the bright side, one of us is going to be right. That'll feel good. And quite frankly, um, I hope it's Sandy, not me. So we'll find out for the Broncos because if uh, Sandy's right. I got my one right if, yeah, forecast. If Sandy's the right, then we'll night. be talking about playoff possibilities next week. If I'm right, well, we're going to be talking about what the Broncos do to play out the string. So uh, and hopefully. Who will draft in 20. Yeah, hopefully Sandy's the one that's correct. Danny Bailey's in the booth. That makes everything work. Thanks to Arif Dean for joining us for the latest on the Avs. Run right. Arif is the handle. Taylor Kilgore. From Fox 31 joined us. Uh, Taylor Kilgore 33 is her handle. Catch her on Colorado Sports Night tonight on Channel 2, 11 p.m. I'll be joining her for that. Have a great and safe weekend. A little bit of weather supposedly coming in. Be nice to your friends on the highway, okay? We're all trying to get the same spot. I I get it. Be safe. Be smart because we want to have you back next week. Thanks for listening, whether it was on the FM, the HD, MileySports.com, or instead of worrying with any of those, you can just grab the Miley Sports app on your phone and catch everything that we put together all the time right in your pocket. For Sandy Clough, I'm Sean Drotar. Have a safe and wonderful weekend. We'll catch you Monday right here on Miley Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. I saw the fire in your eyes.